Hello and welcome to the Performance Through Health podcast. We aim to inspire and educate our listeners through engaging conversations on all things health and fitness, mindset, business and philosophy. My name is Martin McPhillamy and I'm your host and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Performance Through Health podcast and it's me today on my own. Seems like a little while since I've done one, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to doing this. I've actually did a practice run yesterday, and I was, uh, you know, I was disturbed halfway through, but that was for a good reason. There was a real random, random um, a person came around to, a, a, to collect some uh, stuff that my housemate was purchasing from Facebook, and we had a, essentially the same job role and, and never knew each other from WA. So it was kind of good to network and get to, to get to know someone and get some insight into how they do their do their job too. So uh, there's a valid reason. I'm grateful that that opportunity happened, but it gives me another uh, attempt to to record this episode today. So yeah, the other one might have been okay, but I thought we could do better. Today's discussion is actually going to be on uh, no, some five the five truths that I've discovered whilst on a, a bit of an inner journey trekking through the Avon Valley uh, here in WA uh, during a, 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 a camping trip that I went on on the weekend with a friend. Um, and before I go into that, you may have seen my Facebook posts on my Instagram, Martin McPhillamy. You may have seen the, the little bit of the, the write-up and the five proofs on there. But it was really the journey and the story that we went through and the process that we went through, which was really exciting uh, out in the valleys. It's something I've never done before, and it was adventurous. Uh, so we will go into that in a little bit. But first, a bit, a bit of an update on my 12-week challenge. I've now come to the end of that 12 weeks this weekend. And uh, did I manage to achieve everything that I set out to do? No, but my ethos is always progress, not perfection. So, you know, if I, if I wanted to be perfect and have everything exactly where I wanted, I was starting to feel a little bit burnt out around about uh, eight, eight weeks, nine weeks in. And my it was starting to have an impact on, on my mental health a little bit in terms of what I was trying to do. I was being pulled in all different directions. However, I'm happy with what I've achieved and I will continue to work on these goals and get them completed. So a physical update started at 99.1 kilos. I am now weighing in at 93.1 fed. So the lowest I've actually got to is 92.1. So that's a seven, roughly a seven kilo lost in 12 weeks. I have, uh, you know, I'm starting to feel a lot more happier with the shape that I'm in. In the in the gym, I'm really enjoying. I'm feeling a lot fitter, feeling lighter. I'm moving faster. Um, my injury of my left shoulder, so I had a a winged scapula due to a imbalance and also um, a bit of lack of engagement from my nervous system and my and my body to be able to contract certain muscles in my lower lat and hold my scapula in place. I've been working with a physio. I've only been two or three times. And um, uh, no, Jess at Pursuit Physio, who uh, I don't believe she's actually practicing out, out out of her place anymore. I think she's moving over east. But she gave me the exercise I need to do, and I put the work in, and my injury is, I'd say, 85% to 90%. To where I where where I uh, where I want it to be, and I'm going to continue to work on that. Work wise, it's been hectic in terms of my job. My job uh, as a, as a sleep and respiratory scientist, we the company has turned to a bulk billing practice, and there's just a queue of patients at the door. So I'm just every single day, I'm pretty much working you know, eight to five, eight to six, back to back patients training and training training new staff at the moment at the moment because I had three or four staff members leave, and we got new uh, new staff recruited. 
as well as trying to uh, keep on top of my ad- admin and my you know, paperwork and my managerial duties as well. So it's, it's been pretty challenging trying to do that. I did set an intention to work as hard as I can. Did I get what I wanted? Uh, not particularly. I didn't really mean to work as hard as I can like out there. I threw it to out to the universe. And um, yeah, they, they, uh, they <laughs> the universe had my uh, three or four members of my staff leave in one go. Um, and that meant that I had a lot of workload to do and obviously a lot of a lot of training to do. So uh, the, the plan was to try and work as hard as I can outside of the of, of, of cardiorespiratory sleep and on my own stuff. But just so as it be easier, I need to be more concise or more precise, should I say, with the, the language that I'm using, the language that I'm putting out there. And I, now I should say that I'm, I wanted to work as productive as I can on performance through health or on the, the work that I'm doing. So uh, I did manage to, however, get two ebooks completed. They are ready. And if you want a copy, please reach out on my social media uh, or on my website, performancethroughhealth.com. And um, yeah, go and have a visit. It's not quite hundred percent finished yet, but if anyone listens to this and would is, is in is into what you know, listening to to is into websites or knows much about them and wants to give me some feedback, I know that uh, there's probably a bit too much text on there that I need to decrease, and it probably needs to be a bit more streamlined into exactly what I want to be doing. Um, so that's some feedback I've already had, but I'd really appreciate anyone who's listening to these to this uh, podcast to give me a bit of feedback on that. Um, so that's a little bit of an update. I am going to continue. I do want to hit to 90 kilos. So I've got about three kilos left. You know, going to had a bit of a diet break this week. Now, why do we do diet breaks and why have I chose to do a diet break? Well, what is number one? What is a diet break? Uh, a diet break is where, and essentially, it, just like the word says, you're taking a break off a calorie deficit. Now, it doesn't mean I'm just going out and just eating everything I want. Yes, I'm enjoying some of the foods that I've not been able to eat, some of the calorie-dense foods, uh, particularly some sweets, some chocolates, and um, uh, some some more time going out and enjoying myself with my friends. So there's a couple of birthdays this weekend and a couple of events going on, so I'm going to get out and enjoy those. Um, but it means that bringing your uh, calorie intake up to maintenance level. So how do we work that out? Well, actually, I listened to Jackson Pios the other day on one of his uh, YouTube clips. He's a, a, a bodybuilder, a boxer, and a kind of hybrid athlete here in WA who I've done a little bit of work with and I've got to know him a little bit on a personal level. But he's uh, he's doing a PhD in, in, in nutrition and uh, specifically looking at diet breaks. So, you know, if there's anyone gonna, I'm going to take some advice on, it's going to be him. Uh, and he put out on his YouTube channel to... The, the the final amount of calories that you're on, if you increase that and add six calories per kilogram of body weight on top of that, that's roughly a maintenance calories. So my maintenance calories is about 2,950. So that's what I've been aiming roughly for this week. And that's uh, allowed me to have you know, an extra 500 calories, which is essentially an extra meal or a few snacks each day. Uh, which is which has been which has been great. My my uh, my mood was starting to get a bit da- uh, down. Uh, and I said my, my, I was starting to feel a bit burnt out. My sleep was getting a bit poor. I was getting weak in the gym. I started to feel like I was getting a bit too skinny. So diet breaks. There is some evidence to suggest that number one, it can increase mood. Number two, it can increase compliance in long term diets. Number three, it can give you energy back. Uh, and number four, I think it might even be able to help retain a bit of muscle mass, which would be great, considering I am going for uh, you know a functional. Uh, a functional body but also a body that um, I feel is going to be uh, good for good for summer 
yeah, the ego's got to got to come in there somewhere. So you know, I do like to to look in shape. My body, my dad was a bodybuilder. My dad was into that sort of stuff. He he kind of taught me to have that. Maybe there has been, or no, there definitely has been in the past. There's been uh body relationship issues and food relationship issues but i've noticed this diet that i haven't really had the guilt or the shame or the concern where, where, where to be perfect like i previously have uh, i think i've kind of just separated myself from that which has been very good to to kind of realize um but um yeah so that's a bit of an update with where i'm at uh, i will continue with the website and and, and ebooks and i have some real exciting news that I'm not going to announce yet because I've got a meeting next week about it, but potentially uh, a big move for Martin McFillamy. So uh, keep your ears out open for that. Anyway, so what happened and what are these five proofs that I'm talking about? And if you've been on my social media, you will know and you will see that I popped up five different things. And the five things are, I'm going to talk about them and I'm just going to name them first and I'm going to talk you through what we did and where we went and, and why. And so number one is just kind of letting that letting go of that need to know. And then there's, um, so staying with the breath to raise awareness, Third one is acknowledge and step into your fears. The fourth is using nature to train your intuition. And then the fifth one is the, the insignificance of the construct is stories that we create. So uh, myself and my friend, um, uh, who I'm not going to name just at the, at the time being because I don't know whether um, I'm going to lead into this conversation, whether... Uh, whether you know, he wants to keep it personal, then so it's just uh, about my about about my my learnings and my my what I what I learned today and and once a year I like to tend to just get away from the city, get away from the rat race, get away from all the uh, concerns, the struggles, or the burdens of 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 uh, you know the stories that we create of living in this nine to five job and and everything, all the pressure we put ourselves and just to go away and kind of spend some time in nature with some silence, switch off, no phones, in darkness, under the stars, and just have some real uh, just reflective, inner reflective practice just to see what comes up. Uh, is there any fears, any anxieties, any worries that are really on the mind? Because we get so distracted and get bogged down with everything. And I've been working 12 uh, week straight where I've been up at most days, 5.30, sometimes 4.30, uh, latest 6 o'clock, and then going through till like 9, 9.30 at night and not stopping, not really, I haven't really had too much meditation in there or too much mindfulness practice. So my, I have, one of the things that I had learned is that I'm being pulled in so many directions and that has pulled my focus and um, that's that's that we'll go into that a little bit more in, in a moment. But I'm just going to we'll explain and set the tone and set the story of where we went. So we went to uh, a place called Avon Valley, which is northeast, about 80 kilometers northeast of Perth, just in just uh, the other side of the uh, the, the the hills um, uh, over in uh, the Swan Valley. And when we arrived, we we, no, we didn't really know. We've not really been there before. But we pulled into this there. It's a, it's a no campsite, but we pulled into there. And there's four different camps, and uh, me and me and this guy both being bald. There's a there's a, a campsite called Bald Park. So two bald men. We had to. It's like it's 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 the calling. It's the calling, right? <laughs> we've got a we've got to survive at the top. But this this campsite was right at the top of the hill. So we were at the very top of the hill. 
looking down and there's just thick bush and like you can just see a big huge valleys there's big hills over the top bright blue skies it's a real warm day it was like the first day one of the first real warm days of spring it felt like it was 23 24 degrees not much of a breeze but just a thick green bush and then just down at the bottom there's just just like you see a railway track um and then just a, a flowing river through 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 the two sides of the hills so we're like right Let's um let's set up camp. So we we had a look around everywhere. Tried to get somewhere that was quiet. There was more people there than we kind of wanted to. Um, when you to kind of do these things, you do uh, you know I do want to escape from from people just coming over and having conversation. Not to not to be um, unsociable, uh, but but it is uh, an inner journey to to just kind of sit there with with yeah. There's some personal conversation we have with a close friend. If anything kind of comes up, to allow you to have those conversations to to bring it up and you know have that uh, deep connection of a talk. But not not just someone who's just sat behind you drinking like in twenty cans of uh, emu just to come over and go blurt their mouth and just just kind of ruin that environment so we we, we were a bit not frustrated but we're just uh just we're willing to let it go and just see how the day goes and just 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 to kind of figure out what we were going so the first plan was to set up camp two attempts took us 20 minutes 30 minutes to to get both both up set up uh, pull the car in Beautiful day, set up for um, uh, and the fire and stuff like that. And this was about midday, and then we put our put, put our shoes on and, and uh, packed packed a bag and went for uh, packed a bag with some water and a bit of bit of bit of uh, some berries and stuff, and just went for a bit of a bit of a trek. So, trying to find the pathway to go down. Now, usually when we, I go on walks or stuff like that, there's a quite a clear path that there's human beings been going through and uh, going on a bit of a trek and there was we gone onto this one little track and straight away we uh, saw that a lot of wildlife there was a lot of lizards out and there was a lot of um uh it was like it was like a porcupine we saw but it was like i think they get called arachnids over here i'm not 100 percent sure so i got that wrong but it was really crazy to see that out in the wild and instantly i'm thinking and we both thinking okay right it's a spring day there's a high chance that we're going into the bush here that we've got to be careful of snakes so being an english person i don't mind spiders i don't mind um no, I don't mind really big things. I'm not really too scared. I'm not phased by snakes too much, but I would rather not stumble across one and jump over a log and then all of a sudden step my foot into a snake. So yes, it's in the back of your mind, um, especially this time of year. But anyway, we're trekking through and we're on this path and the path literally just led around maybe five minute walk back to the other side of the campsite. We're like, what? Okay, so there's not much of a path. Um, maybe because when we look down, it just looks like a cliff edge and no one's really probably took the risk to go over that cliff edge and have a, have a look at it. So uh, being on an adventure we've got all day it's 12 p.m now uh we thought why not let's have a look look down over over the rocks and what there was a maybe a a meter or two meter drop down to the next level next step and then you're battling through a bit bit of bush uh and you just keep on going essentially next edge and we're just kind of seeing all right where's a pathway there's a pathway um i'd say 45 minutes later We've battled all the way down through the valley. Uh, now we've gone, we've gone over the rocks. We've we've jumped. Um, you know, we've had some really use our intuition to uh, discover which way was the best way to go. So 
Imagine there's two of you, if one's leading, the other person's just putting the faith in that individual in front of them, that they are just taking the the, the right route down and that we're not going to come to some kind of just dead end or, or route that we can't get to. So we kept swapping in and out between each other. And that was uh, really where I discovered the fourth proof of being able to use nature to train your intuition. Now, what is your intuition? Intuition is just going with that flow and just kind of just allowing yourself like just to just to be uh, in the moment, immersed in presence and just follow a route that you feel is the right way to go. And uh, now that, that kind of gave me this little bit of a, a reflection on where I'm at in my life and you know, trying to start a new business and overthinking and then putting up a barrier in your head and just going, okay, right, okay, well, that's not the right route, which way, left or right, and just like spending too much so much time making a decision just go for it like really just train your intuition tune in with with your senses tune in with what's around you and i think nature really allows you to do that especially when it's adventurous and when it's kind of on the edge of being a potentially a little bit uh risky uh it puts you into that moment of 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 what i would call flow like there's a bit of stress there uh you have to really be paying attention because there was moments where we're walking over tree trunks over a little gap and now i slipped and uh, fell over and smacked my knee uh luckily unfortunate for me like uh, now i didn't fall off the edge of the i managed to get my hands down and I didn't fall off the edge of the log because there was a you know maybe a two two meter drop to the side of me and that just you now I smacked my knee and it could have been a lot worse but it just got back up just carried on walking and when you start to overthink these things you all of a sudden you, you you talk yourself you talk yourself out of it You're like right now nah. and to be honest with you if 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 I had talked myself out of going down this valley um it wasn't really my ever in my mind yeah there was one point where I was thinking okay well we might not be able to get down this way but it was never in my mind that I was never going to get down to where I wanted to get down to. It was just kind of felt like natural just to go for it. And it was a reasonably warm day. Um, it was it was you no know, thrilling. It was exciting. And I really felt just as I was in, in flow. And I think that's what intuition is. And so nature allows you to do that. So if one piece of, of, of advice I would give anyone who is looking at trying to step away from overthinking things and just doing is maybe go for a little bit of a walk in something that maybe feels a little bit uncomfortable for you. Uh, I wouldn't go too difficult. Make sure you're obviously with someone, make sure you're safe, but it's, it's an opportunity to go and explore your own intuition and nature does that. So as we're getting down, we are uh, we find a, a railway and uh, as railway is... Um, I'm like, where's the, where's the uh, electric bloody... Uh, lines over the top because where I'm from in the UK is, 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 is all the railways are a, a small network sort of thing and I didn't realize uh, how big the trains were over here and they're you know, they're big diesel engines and uh, we've got over the railway it's just the other side and we could hear the river flowing and then oh my god it was just beautiful like it was a imagine it's to just a uh, thick greeny mossy grass with like a forestry uh, overlooking there's kind of uh, dead dead wood all over the place and there's there's mushrooms growing out the ground there's a few little wild flowers everywhere there's rocks with a bit of like different colored moss on butterflies flying and you know, there's, there's there's just light shining through through the uh, through, through the tree, through the trees from the from the sun and then you've got the mountain range over the top of you the hills and, and a big river flowing through it's all calm on one side and then you look down there's a bit of a stream and it breaks off into a bit of a rapids around the rocks and it was just the perfect setting just to just to be there and explore 
Now to do the exploration that I wanted to do is, um, you know, you have to try and get yourself into the state which is going into the unconscious. Now there's many ways you can go into the unconscious. You can take psychedelics, you can do breath work, you could do uh, active visualization, you could do talking. Um, and I'm not going to say which one we did, but we did one of those. And that was uh, essentially the, the journey that we were going to go on. But we didn't, we didn't know or we didn't want to do it right there and then. Uh, and we actually needed to go and get some food. So we had to make our way all the way back up to camp which wasn't as challenging as it was before because uh, oh well it wasn't that difficult because it was like and it didn't take us that long so it took us about roughly 30 40 minutes to get back up and it allowed us to kind of find a way back up because we know if we were coming back down we were coming down for the sunset we were coming down for uh you know to get some 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 night time in the darkness uh, in, in this place what we'd found and so we knew that we had to go back and get some food stock up on some water and potentially you know light a fire for when we were ready when we got back so um we did that we got back to camp and had a bit of a quickly bit of food got ready packed packed our bags um and then just basically went back down again through the mission second time we're already up through about 15 to 20,000 steps. Was feeling pretty tired in terms of the train. My legs the day before, my legs were pretty fatigued, but I was I was really excited to get back down there and get on this journey. And um, yeah, so we found ourselves 4 p.m. down at this, uh, back at this site, and we just packed up, put, put our put our bags down and kind of just sat there and um, yeah, had a little bit of a chat and all of a sudden this train comes past and I'm like, wow, wow, okay, this, this, is, this is a big train and I've never seen them. If, you, if you're from WA or you're from Australia, you would have seen them, but if you're listening in from the UK or somewhere else where you've only seen city trains, this thing probably goes on for, you know, it's probably traveling maybe 70, 80 kilometers an hour and maybe it's going on for, you know, a couple of minutes traveling west to east, huge thing with just huge uh, cargo ship essentially stacked on top of each other and I was like wow this thing is huge so that was a you know a moment for me just to kind of be like wow that's something I've never experienced before so I was really grateful for that and really kind of enjoyed that experience um but then yeah we went and just kind of lay down on, on the grass and just kind of just listening tuning into nature and as as we're as we're doing that we're just starting to realize that the uh you know, the, the the trees are talking to us and the the, uh, the 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 mountains are starting to look a bit kind of uh, 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 kind of starting to move a little bit and you could really enhance the light was really enhanced and the the sound of the river was really clear and the, the, we were just grounded we took our shoes off and just sat in the in the soft grass and just lay back and just really was really kind of reflective and uh, at that point I had quite a bit on my mind I just started a discussion around this thing that I want to announce but I'm not going to talk about and I was being pulled in different different directions in my in my mind and I could really uh, see that I was I was I didn't want to be there I was grateful and present in the moment but within my mind um, it kept coming up of, 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 okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do here? What am I going to do that? And I have to, it kind of allowed me to, to realize how deep my need to know is. I have a, a personality that is like a, you know, a scientist and investigative sort of personality. And, uh, it's, I've realized it's derived from a fear of, if I, if I don't know enough, I'm not going to be good, good enough at it. And it, that's from a deep rooted fear of not being good enough. And I can actually pinpoint, and I managed to pinpoint in, in meditation, 
the the root of of that of of that truth that's in me that that I have this uh, you know fear of of needing to know and I have to let go of that. So you know, that first truth that I have is just like being able to let go of the need to know. And sometimes you need to find out the root cause and. They, what, what came up for me and what has came up for me before is a moment when I was maybe seven, eight years old. I remember being at my nan's house uh, with my dad and my dad was talking and I was drawing uh, a, a picture or painting a picture on a line on the ground, really excited and thinking it was a, it was a picture of me and my dad. And it was like, I was really excited about it. And um, like, I was, I was happy with how good it was. I was like, wow, like, this is, this is great. Like I'm, I'm in the house. I'm, we're together with my dad, with my nan, like I'm drawing this all. And when I went and took it to my dad, because he was in conversation, he kind of just, without even knowing, just didn't kind of validate how good it was or it just kind of ignored it and just like yeah I'll be with you in a second Martin and just kind of con- continue his conversation and to to me at the time I think reflecting back on that was was that was a moment where I was like oh okay well my dad obviously didn't not bother about how excited I am about this drawing I mean he doesn't know that I don't know that but that's what kind of can happen during that age of uh, three to seven is is that you know <laughs> we get we get our, our our fears and we get our insecurities from little moments like that in throughout of our lives as through our childhood and that was able, I was able to pinpoint that and I thought huh bit of a breakthrough moment there whereas like now I can just kind of let go and just know that um, or work on letting go of of that need to know and just taking action anyway so that was one of the first experiences or the truths that I kind of found on my. Uh, experience obviously obviously they're talking about the, the train you're using your nature to train your intuition the second one is letting go of that need to know and just taking action or just doing anyway and using your intuition um but then there was uh you know a little bit of a moment where we were laying there we're like cool all right let's go and explore the the the, the just go and explore the river a little bit more and you now our feet are off we walked down to the river riverside and uh, went and stood on the rocks and all these rocks were different shapes there was rocks that looked like schools there was rocks that rock looked like a Tyrannosaurus Rex there were small little rocks that had kind of different colours and patterns on there and it was like a you, know, you could really feel the heat off the rock from where the sun had had uh, you know, warmed the rock up and as, as at this point the sun was starting to set so it was starting to get a little bit cooler and, and I think we were essentially uh, because we were switched off and in touch with nature, we were pulled and sat on these rocks to kind of keep ourselves warm without really knowing. When I look back at it now, it's like, okay, well, we stayed there for a long period. And that was because those rocks were big and they were comfy. They, was like, they, they were quite curved. And actually, they were, they, we, we both found a rock each that were kind of perfect for us to just sit in and just kind of glance up at the sky and, uh, and, you know, and watch the, uh, the sunset. But as I was doing that, I... Um, Close my eyes and really started to just just kind of drift off into a bit of a journey. But the, I was struggling to 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 really get myself into flow and just allow myself just to go with it. And what I noticed was that if I didn't stay with my breath and focus when I was in this meditation. Um, that I couldn't really be aware of what was happening because I was being pulled from everything externally in terms of every noise that I could hear. Every time there was a, a bit of a crash of a rock to the left of me or, or there was a, a whistle through the, 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 the trees to the right of the wind or there was a, you know, an echo somewhere or, 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 my, or my friend spoke, I, I couldn't really switch off from the outside and go within too deep. And, and that was... 
um, and the second truth that I found in there was that you really do have to pay attention to your to your breath. Now, your breath can train your awareness, but it also trains your focus. And when you can train your focus, you have the ability to pay attention for longer. Now, in a world where we're so distracted by technology and everything on the external, not many people are paying attention or listening or really focusing on what's actually going on in front of them. Now, with you able to do that, people do, and yourself, if you like external and look at watch people and watch people to listen and listen to or pay attention to what they're actually doing, they tell you a lot of information. They tell you a lot about themselves. But what happens is that we get so caught up in our own minds, we're not even really listening to what they're saying. We're waiting for our turn to talk, to project onto them what we believe the conversation's about. That's not listening. Now, if you can train your focus, train your internal focus to really stay with the breath, then you can actually be present in the moment. And rather than having a thought come up and speaking that thought immediately, you can then take the appropriate reaction or appropriate action or appropriate response to the conversation to number one, maybe get what you want. Number two, create an outcome that's good for both of you. Number three, just listen and be able to provide a good response to the individual if they're in need. That's three pretty pretty powerful things that can come from the breath. So the breath raises awareness. That's the, that's the, the the second truth that I had in there. Now, as I was sat in one of these rocks, we were having a bit of a conversation as it was starting to get a bit dark. And at this point now, the skyline is starting to turn a bit purple. Um, the sun is setting over, obviously, on the, the west. And on, on the west side, there was two ridges. There's a, 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 one of the hills was sloping down, and then there was like a bit of a ridge on the other side, and the, the sky just lit up. And as it lit up, there was at the top of the hills, the, the sun was just kind of slowly, as the shadows were coming in, there was a little bit of light just, it was kind of drifting away mm-hmm. slowly and slowly. And that light was, um, it was just amazing to just watch the sun just kind of just let us gradually just drift away from, 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 where, from where we were. But as that happened, everything started to become a bit more dark and a bit more shadowy. And it was kind of like, okay, the, the atmosphere is changing now to more of this kind of like, you know, there's a bit of a, a, a fear coming on, a bit of a, an anxious feeling coming on. It's getting dark, the light's going away. I didn't even think about it, but I didn't even have a torch with me. And I, everything that I had, was, it was just me and my clothing and just my, my friend, and that was it. And I was like, wow, shit, we're in the middle of the, the nature. And it's, uh, there, there wasn't a full moon. I don't think there was even a moon, actually. There wasn't. So there was, it was pretty goddamn dark when we, when we, uh, when we started to get out, out there. And I was in the, in the middle of this little rapid bit of the river, and I looked over and there was that, uh, the school-like um, uh, rock. And as I was sat there, I was just reflecting on, you know, what is coming up right now? Is there is there a fear? Is there anything coming up now? And, and if there is, what do you do? And what you have to do is you have to just acknowledge it. But not only just acknowledge it, and we had this conversation, it's like acknowledge and accept. Well, I don't believe that. I, I think that you need to acknowledge and step into your fears. So if you face your fears straight on, what happens? Do you become less fearful? Not exactly. You don't exactly become less fearful. You get braver. You become more courageous. So those small things that you take on and face, even if it's just one little challenge a day, especially if you're in a real anxious state and you say, hey, look, is there one thing that I can do that scares me right now that I potentially can overcome? Uh, and, and this is where they talk about you know, battling your, your demons and your, your, your dragons and, and slaying those dragons. As you do that, you, 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 you build your courage to start 
moving forward. And if you can do that consistently, you'll find that you're becoming more resilient. Now, you might get knocked back a few times, but if you realize that you can step out of that and it's not the end of the world and that actually failure or fear or anything, it's just a construct that we're making because of an outcome of an expectation that we might have. For example, um, you know, if I'm going to start a new idea in terms of performance through how I come up with a new concept and I'm about to take some action on just sending an email to asking someone for some advice, like if, if I instantly talk myself out of that opportunity by saying, huh, nah, actually, I don't think it will work, the action that I needed to take is no longer taken. Because the ego is just saying, hey, look, that opportunity is rubbish. There's some fear there. There's some concern that it might not work out. Um, and then you no longer actually take that action. But what happens if I send that email and someone says to me, hey, I think that's a fantastic idea. We need to be able to get over the, the, the external validation that we need to take this sort of action when we have our fears and just do it anyway. Because what's, re- what's, the, uh, what's the outcome? What, you get rejected or it doesn't work out? Well, what's, what's that? Is that failure? No, you just work around and meander around it. You just go over, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's, let's do another opportunity. Let's take another reason to move forward. Let's, let's find some, another adventure. Let's, let's, let's step into those fears. That's what I'm saying. So the, the fourth truth in there behind you know, the training intuition, you're letting go of the need to, need to know, staying with the breath to raise awareness. The fourth one is acknowledging and stepping into your fears because it's going to build courage. It's going to allow you to be vulnerable, which, but which, which also builds courage, but it's also going to build resilience. And we need resilience in the world right now because we have so many fairies in the world, especially, um, and this might be me just being an old, the old man, the moody old man, but some of these youthful individuals that are coming out now are very, very, very lacking resilience. There's a, there's a huge market for resilience training. And, um, I do actually want to get someone on this podcast uh, uh, to talk about resilience because it's it's such a, a a big concept that we need nowadays to to rise up to to allow leaders to flourish through to 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 help change the the state of the the world we're currently in. Anyway, I'm not going to go too far into that. Uh, but then, yeah, during that whole process of of that happening, and this this at this point now, uh, we had a sudden change in in uh, in in our energy. So. Uh, it had gone from being kind of a relaxed, vibrant, sort of uh, real nice, beautiful colors and, and greenery and flourished uh, flowers and everything to, to, the, to the darkness and real silence and just no one around. And all you can hear is just like the, you know, just the, uh, some of the frogs just making noises and just some, you, know, you hear bugs around. You can hear a few birds making noises and it's really just kind of like an eerie, but there's just one little real bright star and now it wasn't the north star obviously but there's just a, a real bright star in the sky just one one star it just come out of nowhere and we're like wow look at that that is so bright and all of a sudden there's another star that just comes out next to it and it's like within and then there's just one more and it's just starting to flourish all around and within the space of five minutes the whole milky way was just over the top of us we're just laying down on a rock in the middle of this rapids with two hills either side of us, a purple, uh, a purple sky that's behind us. And then all of a sudden just the, you know, this Orion's belt of just, or the Milky Way just flying, flying across us. It was the most unbelievable, uh, experience of, uh, serenity and solitude and, and peace and, and, uh, uh but, but also at the same time of, of, of a little bit of a, a fear or worry as well. And, 
that was uh, you know, an incredible experience. But what came, kind of came with that was that um, you just, I was just sat there and I was just like, wow, I, I feel amazing right now. I feel incredible. I'm on a rock. I'm so grounded in who in who I am and 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 what I am and and what I'm doing and everything that kind of came up that gave me fear. I just realized it was all just a construct of a story that I've made in my head that things might work not might not work out that my life path, pathway might not work out. But it it was just me making it up, and I was just like, all I am really is just a. Know a guy who's sat on a rock on this big universe who's just full with stars and there's shooting stars around. And it's just, you know, the vastness of the the nature that I was in just made me feel so insignificant, and that just removed any kind of fear around about what I was telling myself because I was like, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, if this is all it needs and this is all it takes to feel this content, this this happy, this peaceful, then why do I need everything that I'm aspiring to to do? Yes, I want to do it because it's not it's not about me. It's about what I can contribute to the world and I want to make that. But if I'm if, if I'm trying, then that's all that matters. But really, if you're content with just having this on your back on your doorstep, then nothing else really matters. So that was the fifth kind of truth that I discovered that we we really are the, the constructive stories that we tell ourselves in our minds every day that we've got to be the best. We've got to wake up and do this. You've got to do a 12 week challenge. You've got to finish these eBooks. You've got to put this out to the world. You know, you, you can't, you can't relax, Martin. You've got to work as hard as you can. It's all insignificant. It's just a story that you tell yourself. And that kind of continues to lead on. So this is now coming about uh, 9 p.m. So it's you know, it's pitch black. It's it's dark, and we're like, right, let's we let's let's start making our way back now, shall we? Uh, we've been out here for well, the second time. We've been out here for about three or four hours, and uh, it's probably a good time. We're starting to get a bit cold. I was only in a t-shirt with a little hoodie on. And uh, as we're walking back, we we we're walking through the little stream, and we're getting cold feet, and we're just splashing the water over ourselves, cooling off, and uh, you know just just enjoying the final moments. And then we start to walk to find our our bags and stuff, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, okay, it's pitch black. We have one torch. Now my friend had the torch, and he was walking two meters in front of me, and every time he faced his torch forward. I was in pitch black. So I was just stubbing my toes on the rocks. I was just falling over. Um, you know, I, I was disorientated. He, he would turn around and shine his torch. It would go in my eyes. And all of a sudden, he would shine it the other way. And it was just like darkness. And I just couldn't see anything at all. And it was really, really kind of, it was strange. It was, in, in a way, it was a bit like, fuck, like, uh, I actually don't know which way we're going right now. I'm kind of lost. So I just put, kind of put my faith into Michael a little, a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, so continue to walk to find our stuff. And all of a sudden, I, you know, I felt my, on the floor and I was like, this grass isn't the grass that we put our stuff down on. We're, this is the grass. This is really thick moss. We're, we're, we're quite far past where we're meant to be going now. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, right, where's our stuff? Where is our bags? Where's our food? Where's our phones? Where's where's everything? Where? How are we going to get back? And for a moment there, just for a moment, it was the 
potential to panic because I couldn't see. I was disoriented. Didn't know where I was going. In the middle of the woods, freezing cold. Then I thought, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is I don't find my stuff and I just lay on the ground here. I have one night where I'm freezing cold. The sun will come up. Can I handle that? Yeah. Not going to die. Not going to starve. Not really too fussed about laying out in nature. I'm into the stars. I could just go back out there again. I enjoyed it. So that kind of just went, huh? Nah, I'm all good. That's fine. And then it was like the universe kind of, because I accepted that and kind of let that fear go and kind of just went back to intuition again. We just decided to turn the light off and just listen out and just went, okay, right. So to the sound of the river, whereabouts were we when we put our stuff down? The rapids are over that way on the right-hand side. So that means the, the, the road that we need to get to on the left-hand side, just as I thought that a car drives past or a truck drives past and it light it's just a little bit of light for a split second and I could kind of create this map in my mind of where everything is. I was like, right, close my eyes, sink into the intuition again. Let's let's just listen to where everything is. And we're walking and it's like in your feet, I can just feel this the type of grass that we were on. So it was a mossy grass and it was getting more dry. So we're moving away from the from the river and then just kind of pointing this way with my mind went that way and all of a sudden just boom there it is there's all our stuff thank god relief amazing but that's not the end of the journey because now we've got a couple of bags on our back it's pretty much pitch black and we've got to get back up this three kilometer hill which is pretty much just thick bush bit of a path that we managed to discover and we um, we left some wooden sticks down with arrows to give us some directions to go back. But we're going to start to make the journey back. And as we were making that journey back, we, uh, we <laughs> it felt like it took forever to get to the place where we'd left our, our directions. But when we got to our directions, it was just an arrow pointing straight at direct, direct that way. And that way is going to be our uh, back to camp. However, when you're going up a hill, in the, in the light, you can kind of see the rocks and you can work your way around the rocks. But considering we had two lights, one was a phone and one was a little torch that was running out of battery, we could see about a meter in front of us. So when you're looking at a rock and you're looking to the side, you can't really see around the rock. So we just had to go on the top and pretty much all the way over. And it was pretty, pretty, pretty challenging and exciting and fun and, and scary. And there was you no, know, there was animals around. You can hear them moving. You can't see them. They could potentially see you. Um, there's big spider webs that you're walking through and all of a sudden there's a big spider there. And, you know, you just don't really know what you're doing, but you just keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. You're getting short of breath up to 30,000 steps. It's nine o'clock at night. You've been out all day. You've been in the sun. It's, you know, you've got a bit of, uh, you're sweating. It's, it's, it was, pretty fantastic <laughs> and then you just don't know which way you're going but it was almost like when is this going to end because you can't see over the rock you can't see whether you're at the top eventually we managed to find the final bit of path and we walked back into the campsite and there was just a crew of people there like where have you guys been we're like we've just been for a trek they were like oh shit you guys left like four or five hours ago we're like yes we've just had the most amazing time and then we just sat down and uh chilled out and <laughs> hadn't ate all day over the pack of berries and blueberries so just demolished the chocolate demolished some popcorn demolished some nuts lit the fire and just just chilled and just 
slept under the stars. It was uh, no, a fantastic night and I cannot wait to do it again. So anyway, I've been uh, going on for a, a while now. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Next conversation I, uh, I'm going to have up is going to be with um, uh, Nat Burton. So Nat Burton is a professional basketballer. She's been to the Olympics with Australian national team. We are talk- digging into what it means, the mindset of a professional athlete, the challenges you face as a professional athlete and some of the tools that you can use when you're in those challenging moments. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Peace out.